Hey everybody, this is just a special interview we're doing with Sean of Anime 3000. I'm Taiwan, follow me on Twitter at BroskyTaiwan, and I'll let these other two gentlemen introduce themselves because I'm with two people. Hey, I'm Daryl, you can follow me on Twitter at OriginalKingD or at Blurds Online. doesn't really matter either way. And I'm Sean Russell, and you can um, find me at Anime3000.com. All right, let's just jump right into this interview then. Sean, I want to know what does the 3000 behind Anime 3000 mean? Well, the 3000, when I was coming up with the name, I was trying to find a way to show the future. And around that time, a big bit, or a bit I remembered from the Conan O'Brien show was in the year 2000. And... Obviously, 2000 had already passed, so it's, I'm thinking, okay, what's not going to pass in my lifetime? The year 3000. So I just put anime, and then 3000, so we'll always be the future of anime, at least in my lifetime. That's all right, man. That's pretty cool. That's all right. Nice. And I want to know, what are you trying to accomplish with Anime 3000? Like, what are you providing to the anime fans you know what is your take on the anime industry and i mean what are your goals with anime 3000 what do you want to see well it starts off as a hobby i'm doing this for fun um doesn't pay the bills but it fulfills another need um to another scratches another itch and i'm sure you guys can attest to that so um, my goal is just to take my background um, in production, 
and just push myself almost like a shonen character just push myself mm. to my limits and try to do as much as i can for as long as i can do it and try to produce a, a polished program something and try to do things that other podcasts can't do or haven't done or won't do and you know, over the over the years we've been able to break down a lot of doors that a lot of other podcasts haven't been able to do and um but the biggest hurdle i guess with any podcast or anything is what have you done lately so you know you can't live off of the past you have to continue pushing forward and doing bigger and better things and that's what i want to do with anime 3000 you know i could sit and create long-term goals and say well i want anime 3000 to have the largest community of of podcasters cosplayers at this that and the other but you know the biggest hurdle is just getting people to listen to what you're doing right now and you know as you come across different obstacles whether it be you know issues with a website or you know not being able to find reliable you know podcasters not saying that i i'm experiencing these issues but these are things you're going to come across because it's one thing to create a podcast but it's another to start a network and um, it's essentially running a business and getting people to work for you without paying them. And to me, that's 10 times harder than running a business <laughs> and having the incentive of saying, OK, here you go. You get a paycheck for your hard work. <laughs> Very true. My my way of I pay these people is to provide an audience and for them to get feedback and for them to feel like they're not wasting their time. So my biggest my job essentially as the executive producer of anime 3000 is to come up with ways creative ways to bring this audience to these different voices and personalities outside of myself because i produce personally host two to three shows on the network and in total we have about six um so yeah it's it's definitely a challenge but un but fortunately that's one of the things i geek out about you know as strange as it might sound i if there's um i guess people who like harem and people who like um building action figure um gundam figures and different types of geeks i'm a geek for business so i, I have a good I have a good time doing that <laughs> that's cool man that's very cool and i want to know like how did you start off you know, watching anime, you know, what was your interest in anime and pretty much your Genesis story, as you mentioned in the last interview that we did, you know? Um, with me and a lot of people, I grew up around anime, but I didn't know anime really was a thing. Um, it, you know, I had a point where I was like, oh my gosh, that show was originally in Japan. That's pretty cool you know go on to something else you know i started watching when i became cognizant of anime was around the time i started watching sailor moon reruns and it was only because i was babysitting this kid and the whole most of the time was spent watching nick jr and pbs kids because obviously there's a little kid there so when that afternoon block of shows came on like the local affiliate shows i'm sure you guys have that yeah. Yeah. sailor moon was the first you know show outside of nick jr that i could watch 
So I'd watch, put the kid to sleep and watch Sailor Moon, you know, and then it's like, okay, I like the way, I like the storytelling of this. I like the way that, you know, it's, it's not like Scooby-Doo. You watch one episode from beginning to end and that's it. Then the next week, it's a brand new story. I liked how you can watch part one and then, you know, the next day, a continuation of that and a continuation of the next day. I like that type of storytelling. So I really got into that. Then, you know, went to high school and everybody was talking about, this is around Toonami time. Um, everyone was talking about Dragon Ball Z. Everybody was talking about Gundam Wing. Couldn't get into Gundam Wing. It was too advanced anime-wise <laughs> for me, you know. But I got into Dragon Ball, you know, I Dragon Ball Z. And I became a fanatic, a fanatical about that. And then um, Adult Swim. I saw previews of Cowboy Bebop, and immediately I was like, this is so whack. You know what I mean? It's like, it just looked like an adult, a show for adults. You know, that was my initial impression, not being in the anime at the time. But you had yeah. things like Inuyasha and Yu Yu Hakusho and things like that that were more to my my taste, you know, having watched, having watched Dragon Ball Z. So I got into that, tried out Cowboy Bebop, and then that show was the one that was like, oh, crap. I didn't know, the, I didn't know anime was like this. You know, I didn't know they could <laughs> make these types of shows. So then I found out, you know, through my friends in high school, that there was this comic book shop that rented pretty much any anime, anime you can think of. And this is before, you know, you can easily torrent and go to sites like Crunchyroll and this like that and things like that. People were passing around mm -hmm. DVDs and tapes and stuff like that. Internet existed. I'm not, I'm not that old, but um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't it wasn't as you know, we didn't have like broadband. It was speeds weren't like super fast, so you had to pretty much rely on tapes and things of that nature. Yeah. So I was catching up on shows like Fushiyugi and a whole bunch of other stuff that you couldn't find on television. And then, you know, my background, I do web design. I went to school for television production. So I just took my interest, my growing interest in anime, combined it with web design and, you know, video production. I started off with that, going to conventions. My, my first big thing was... um you know, saving up some money and going all the way to first New York Comic Con. Oh, nice. And, and I went there. I was able to get press because um, I was kind of used to that process through school because I went to a high school for television production. So I'm used to like obtaining press and this, that and the other and producing and whatnot. So I okay. got press to, to New York Comic Con. And, you know, that's where I met Funimation. I met Dark, um, Dark Horse. I met all these people in the industry. And because I was pressed, it didn't matter who I was. They're like, hey, here's all this free stuff. Um, you know, talk about us on your blog. Didn't know, they didn't know I had two viewers or two listeners. It's just because I somehow was able to be vetted by the convention, and they looked at me as an equal. So I kept in touch with those people, started getting screeners from Funimation, even though I had like 50 listeners. And, you know, things just kind of went from there, just kept at it, kept putting out a consistent content, content, um, things just kind of, um, kind of kept going up because we stayed consistent and didn't quit and put out more stuff when people were starting to drop off. And then that's, that's kind of where we were going. And then, um, then eventually got to a point where you're looking at it and saying, wow, we have a lot of viewers. We have a lot of listeners. 
you know, what's that next step? And then we started getting calls from Crunchyroll. You know, they wanted me to do stuff for them and Funimation uh, wanted to sponsor man, that's us. Awesome. And, and, and then all this stuff started happening. And then it's like you reach a point that sounds good. But in reality, it's not good because we weren't a company. We we're just we're, same thing you guys are doing. Even right now, same thing. It's just, you know, I've had a lot of experience outside of anime and production and stuff and I brought that to anime 3000 so it looked I guess from the outside in it looked like we were you know like a startup or something like that but in reality it was just me you know spending a, too much time putting together you know something that looked polished so you know things just kind of started going super crazy I tried to turn it into a business and that's that's kind of brought me back to where I am right now, where it's like whenever you start turning something, whenever you turn a hobby into a business, you better be set up to succeed. And we didn't have any, you know, we didn't have any startup capital. We didn't have any investors. It's me coming out of my pocket to market and promote all this stuff. And as things start to get escalate, the price tag gets bigger. And unless Ooh. you can keep up with that, you're you're setting yourself up for disaster because you can't be, you know, getting all this attention, getting a little bit of sponsorships here and there, and not pay your people. It's 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 not a good look for you. So, you know, once you start getting to that territory, you lose that you lose, you lose the ability to stay consistent with your product. You lose a little bit of the drive, and things suffer as a result. So where I am right now is going back to basics. Just trying to make something as good as I can make it. Try to have fun with it. Become a bigger fan of anime. Like, I'm really getting into manga right now. Um, One Punch Man right now is, like, my <laughs> my crack right now. Oh, um, awesome. Do you guys follow that? Yeah, I do. It's awesome. I heard uh, about it. I heard it's pretty uh, good. Um, and I'm, I'm zooming through it. I, like, went through, like, 20 chapters in the last two hours. I'm <laughs> loving it. But um, Nice. Yeah, so, so I'm just becoming a fan of anime again and and putting out um, more content. Like, I just finished up an interview with Stu Levy from Tokyo Pop, which I always wanted to interview him. And, you know, that was that was a big deal for me because he kind of reminds me a lot of myself. He, he kind of misunderstood, but, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. It's just have fun with whatever you're doing. And Anime 3000 is like my baby, you know? I'm just... You know, it might not always, you know, follow, listen to me, but I'm not going to throw it away, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's great that you took a great idea like this and, you know, and you made it into something of your own. And, you know, you have these big anime companies. Well, I shouldn't say huge or big, but, I mean, they're very well-known companies that, you know, some people like us, like me, I'm thinking, I'm listening to you, I'm like, well, damn, like, you know these guys. Well, you don't know them, but you know certain people in the business, and you know some of these people in this industry, and, you know, it's like, well, hmm, that's pretty awesome. Like, I wish I could, you know, give the opportunity or have the opportunity to do this, and, like, I want to know if, if you had any advice for, like, people that are looking to go into the anime business, what advice would you give them? Um, in the anime business or in like, like, what do you mean by the anime business? 
like the way you came up with you know press and everything like that and you start to get to know people and you start to get sponsors like like you said about you know turning something into a business like for people that I would, would want to go that I, route for first first off i would say don't turn it into a business <laughs> you're not gonna make money you're gonna yeah. you're gonna spend all your like the way people spend money on comic books and you know video games and things that's the way i spend money on anime 3000 it's mm -hmm. my hobby i have fun with it there's you know right now the closest thing to a successful business model in terms of anime is anime three is anime news network and they pretty much have a lock on the market right now so unless mm. you're you can get somebody to throw a couple million your way you're not going to be able to compete with them off the bat <laughs> you can come up with an awesome podcast get a lot of listeners but that's going to require you having a consistent tight product that people want to hear finding a niche for yourself like for example the um one piece podcast they found a good niche for themselves because they specifically talk about one piece you know you when you go to their podcast you know what they're going to talk about but on top of that they're at as many conventions as they can go to they're talk they're doing exactly what i've been doing talking to the voice actors in the studios and this that and the other establishing these relationships that's what you need to do but you have to you have to know the type of person you are if you mm -hmm. flake out on a lot of things if you're not really to put in the hours and the time to get something done you know you aren't going to be successful because i see a lot okay. of podcast i've been doing podcasting i've had the website for almost 10 years now but i've been doing podcasting since 2007 mm -hmm. and i've seen so many podcasts come and go very few stay consistent and the one that the ones that are consistent are the ones that are pop are the most popular and that's all i guess that's the biggest advice be consistent attend conventions try to become do panels stay humble of course and, yeah definitely you know, go on other podcasts don't ever think your podcast is better than someone else's podcast and network that's all if only you and your friends know about your podcast that's where it's going to stay very good points. Very good points. Darrell, do you have any questions for Sean? Uh, yeah, just a few. So you said you've been doing Anime 3000 for about 10 years now. So what really made you decide to just take the leap and go for it? Like, Take the leap and yeah. what, start the website? Um, I, you know, my, my one of my passions and my main hobbies was create are creating websites so you know around the same time i was creating anime 3000 i had a website for this um comedy show called news radio i had a website for the wrestler raven i had a website for tivo you know it's like <laughs> anything i liked i sat down there and created a website for it and you know as my interest started you know disappear in that particular topic so does the website but my interest in anime kind of stuck and stood around and the fact that you know i hit a point i started off by myself it was just like a blog and oh what's coming out on anime this tuesday brand new box set of blah 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 you know here's some news so and so whoa this new manga called black lagoon check it out you know whatever i was posting on there and then 
I put something out on MySpace. This is how long ago it was. Do you guys even know yeah, what MySpace we, is? Got those oh, MySpace yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I was in that generation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't know what this new generation is, um, what you guys know and don't know. But, um, yeah, anyways, I put something out on MySpace, and I got, you know, a whole bunch of people who wanted to write for me. So, at one, like, when we first started off, I had, like, 20 writers nice. on Anime 3000. We were cranking out content. Boom, 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 boom. Then it got to, then, you know, so that's kind of what kept me moving and, you know, kind of answer your question. But what started initially was just, I just love making websites and organizing things. That's, that's pretty much what made me take that jump. And then as things started to get bigger and bigger, I wanted to take bigger chances. And that's what made me go to these conventions and ask for press. Like the first convention I went to, I didn't even have press. And I just start going up to the voice actors and saying, hey, can I do a video interview with you? And they're like, cool, yeah, sure, you know. Like my first interview was with Spike Spencer, the voice of Shinji from Evangelion, and, oh, nice. and then Brittany Brittany Karbowski, who who was brand new at the time, but she went on to do Black Star for Soul Eater and a whole bunch of other voices. And you know, it was just kind of like, oh, I didn't know it was that easy. And then I went up to the person who ratted and say. If I wanted to get access to them and not feel like a, well, I didn't say it like this, but not feel like a complete herb going up to them. <laughs> and um, that's probably a dated reference, but, you know, feel like a, you know, complete jerk going up to them. And he's like, yeah, just call, send us an email a few months in advance and ask for press. So I'm like, oh, okay. This sounds interesting. So I sent him an email. <laughs> You know, gave them my numbers to gonna ask, you know, how many how many listeners you have and this, that, and the other. You know, figure out how to get that info, give it to them. They say yes or no, and then that's it. You know, most my most of my conventions I went to, probably only went to like one convention, not as press. And, but that's not enough though. You have to do more than that, and you kind of learn that stuff as you go along. I don't want to tell you everything because, part part of the, part of the fun is figuring this out for yourself you know you don't want to you don't want to hit a roadblock right away because when you sit there and you try to figure it out that's when you network if you already know how to do everything off the bat then you don't get that networking opportunity and then you you hit a wall all right very good (laughs) points so uh all right you said nice. you treat it sort of like a hobby. So, what's the most rewarding part that you can, like, what's the rewarding part that you feel like? The money? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, the most rewarding part is when you get an email from someone, and that says, "I've been listening to your podcast for X amount of years, and I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for putting it out there." You know, that to me is like the best thing you can get as a podcaster. Not not the fact that they are giving you feedback because, you know, you, you're going to get a lot of feedback and people, are, you know, maybe not starting out, but you eventually you'll get feedback. People say, oh, this is a cool episode. But for someone to say they've been listening to your podcast for X amount of months or years, you know, that kind of makes you, takes away a little bit of the sting of when you're going for months and years without hearing anything from anybody, knowing that, you know, even though you see those numbers, 100,000, you know, whatever amount of people downloading it and probably only hearing 
a fraction of that from a feedback from that knowing that all those people that are listening like your program they're just not the type of person to leave feedback makes you say okay I'm going to keep doing this so the feedback you get is the most rewarding part because if no one's saying they're it's one thing to see numbers but to actually communicate with someone that likes what you do is the best type of um i guess fulfillment you can have from something like this especially when you're just doing it as a hobby i completely agree with that like i go crazy when i get an email notification somebody left a comment or something like i just get so excited (laughs) (laughs) that's that's for for hobbyists that's our payment that's how we get paid you know what i mean it's if you're not and I, if anybody listening to this, you know, f- you know, for your podcast, let these guys know what you're thinking. I'm not saying that you guys don't get feedback, but it's like there's so many people, and I do this too. I'm completely guilty of it. I, there's so many things that I like. Even on Facebook, I'll see something and be like, oh, damn, that was so funny, and just go to the next thing. I got to catch myself and say, oh, shit, let me – hit like <laughs> just to let that person know that I thought it was funny you know sometimes you just you, you're not thinking about that you're just looking at whatever you consumed and then like oh that oh that was a good meal like you ever had like a good meal and it was like oh let me go thank the person that made this <laughs> no you eat it it's like oh that was some good shit oh yeah <laughs> and then you move on but it's not like you hate it. you show you like it by keep going back but to the person that made it or the person that whatever did it they don't know you liked it because you're just a number you know Mm, so i I would suggest across the board if there's something you really really like even if there's like a company you really really like take a second and thank them because i've done that a few times and i've gotten stuff from people you know what i mean like yeah that's dope man you know just something that's reaching out that's net that's networking Networking is the most. Are you guys in college? Yeah. Going to college? Yes. Eventually. In college. The number one advice I'm going to pass down to you, and you probably already know this college is a complete waste of time and a complete <laughs> waste of money if you're not networking while you're there. Because what's going to happen is you're going to leave college with a whole bunch of tools and no one to work and no one, nowhere to use them. Because people like me that are hiring outside of this, outside of anime, you know, I'm I, in management and things of that nature. I'm looking for people that I can trust, people that I know know how to do this. Everyone ca- getting a degree is not hard. Experience is what's important. And if you can get an internship or if you can get your foot into the door for wherever it is you want to do before you leave college, that's the best thing. And that's no different than running an anime podcast or website. You need to network, send out emails, take chances, and be professional about it. Mm, Very true. Very true. Now, about taking chances, like, what advice would you give to people? Like, because I know there's a lot of people that would like to do a lot of things. For example, I'm trying to, you know, dip my hands into reviewing anime. And luckily, um, a company replied to me and they're going to send me some titles. And def- I'm, I'm a- extremely, right now, I'm extremely happy about that. 
But I feel like with a lot of people, they want to do a lot of stuff anime related or in just in life, but they're afraid to take the risk. And I, I want to know if you had any words towards that, like the gear people into taking risks that, you know, if they really want to do something, go for it. And you never know, it might happen. Just have a plan. You know, it's one thing to take a risk, but you don't want to tarnish your reputation. Yeah. So if you're going to start taking stuff from anybody, know that that's also that's good and that's bad mm-hmm. um, in a way because one once you start taking something from somebody there is an unset expectation for you know an unset pressure put on you as a reviewer mm-hmm. to maintain that relationship whereas if you were just to make, get it on your own you know that pressure isn't there you know what i mean and with yeah with the way things with that the way distribution set up right now like i could reach out to crunchyroll right now and i can say can we get free memberships because we practically talk about you guys every single podcast mm-hmm. but a part of me doesn't want to do that because if i want to start you know being extremely hypercritical of them not to say that i can if they're giving me stuff but at the same time it's like their bottom line is they want to make money. Yeah. And once you, you know, start taking things from people, it puts you in that gray area where you can, you, sh- you can, you should say whatever you want to say. Don't hold back this, that be tactful and respectful, obviously. But I have seen it where people can be spiteful. And people can res- with restrict certain things based on the way that you are. And you just don't always want to put yourself in that situation unless you really have to. Understood. So, you know, you it's almost like I can make a website right now and get a million people, boom, easily. Just torn, <laughs> <laughs> torn anime. Manga. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know how to do it. I have the server space. I have the know-how. It's not hard. But once you go down a certain path and you start working with the industry, it's harder for you to do that because now you're on their radar. Mm-hmm. Not to say that you should do that. I'm all, I'm all, you know, save the industry, you know, buy, buy Crunchyroll membership, Funimation, Roll Roll, Fight the Power, all that good stuff. But what people want at the end of the day, what your audience wants, they don't want to hear that. They just want to hear about anime. They just want to watch anime. They want to hear about manga. And they want to read manga. And however they can get it, they're going to get it for the most part. Very true. Very true. So your job when you start reaching out to the industry now is to convince them that they should be paying $6.95 for a volume of this manga. They should be paying... $11.95 Eleven ninety five a month to have a Crunchyroll premium membership, and a lot of people just don't want to hear that. So then you become a little bit handicapped. Whereas if you weren't involved with the industry, you can build your numbers. You can build like Crunchyroll, for example. I, I hate to keep bringing them up, but they're <laughs> a great example of they came up by hey, send us your you know send us whatever videos. Of course, there are certain nuances in it that I'm leaving out, but pretty much yeah. hey we're gonna be posting up you know videos from japan and 
all these things that aren't necessarily, you know, licensed. And we're, all our numbers, hey, we're getting built up. Hey, now we have millions of people. Let's go get a sponsorship. Let's, we got the sponsorship. Now, nah, get investors. Now we got investors. Let's take all that stuff down and bring in Naruto. <laughs> Ooh, true. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. and then we'll build off of that. But they wouldn't have gotten there if they went that, well, I'm going to, you know, only put up things that I have permission to put up. Mm-hmm. So you kind of handicap yourself if you're looking to grow and get eventually get to a point where you can hire your friends and have a nice little solid business. Sometimes you have to go that back route in order to get those numbers because yeah. unless you're giving the people what they want, they're not going to buy buy into your product because you're going to be competing against the people that can give them what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, we were doing podcasting for a while. Then A&N started a podcast, and it's like, how do you compete with that? You know, quality quality aside, if, if you know, you I'm working off of whatever I can afford. Mm-hmm. Not knocking those guys. They've been great to us. They've been on my show so many times, invited me onto their show. But just realistically, it's like a little deflating. Like, you know, if Crunchyroll started a podcast, it'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. Funimation has a you know the right stuff has their podcast it's like anybody can make a podcast so it's like if you're trying to do something bigger than just hey I'm trying to have fun it's going to get very frustrating so just be very careful when you're trying to go that industry route because it's a slippery slope because you're going to want to become a business after a while okay. and that model isn't there not to deflate you, but it's not. Unless you do something revolutionary, you just better have as much fun as you can mm-hmm. and maybe use it as a segue to work for one of those companies. Okay. Well, I was just curious to um, bring that up because, I mean, the, I, I like watching anime. I, I look at it as, hey, it'd be a fun idea. What if you just look at it as like a fun route and you don't really try to push it to anything else? Like, If you still keep it as a hobby, do you think you'll still be in that gray area? If you always have that mentality of having fun with it. If you, if you are, here's the thing. If you want to just have fun with it at a certain point, you're going to not have fun with it. Okay. And then you have to look at all the people that, and look at all the people that are going to be, you know, sad once you decide to stop doing it. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a, a a plan behind what you're doing. If you're going to start becoming you know, more professional and serious about it. You can't really just have that. Well, I'm just doing it until I stop having fun with it. Yeah, you, you gotta know, stick through. Yeah, I you gotta stick with it, even if it's say I'm gonna take a step back and have these people, you know, fill in and be the host of the show. You gotta keep it running, and then you're gonna hit a point where if you're doing your job right, your numbers are gonna get go up, and you might have to pay for server space you might have to pay for a Lipson account you might have to you know do this that and the other you might have to go out to a few conventions things of that nature then you're gonna see things go to a certain point it's like wow if I keep doing this then I can get a thousand more listeners Mm, let me try that then you're gonna get more listeners It's like oh if I keep doing this 
then it's become an addiction. You're going to have more fun with it, but then it's going to hit a point where, you know, you have to put up or shut up. Mm -hmm. If you want to have fun with it, if you just want to have your friends talking about stuff, this, that, and the other, then just have fun with it. You, you know, you can't be overly ambitious and just want to chill with it at the same time. Yeah, very true. You, you, you got to have that person in your crew that in your crew that's like, well, I'm going to treat this a little bit more intensely than just, hey, let's just jump on once a week and see what happens <laughs> if you okay. want to do anything with it. Okay. Thank you for that great sound feedback, man. I appreciate it. Hopefully you got. Hopefully it's not too deflating. I I have a tendency of being like that, but it's it's just you know outside of anime, I also had a music business. Uh, not business. Hear me. A music um, what's this? What's it called? A music thing similar to Anime Three Thousand, where I went mm -hmm. out and I you know went to interviewed um, a lot of alternative rock bands and did video interviews and you know got. Same, almost same thing with how I kind of got into the anime industry. I got into the music industry and, you know, dealing with Def Jam artists and, you know, interviewing YG before he even, you know, when he first got signed with Def Jam and going on Warp Tour and interviewing all those artists. And you hear their stories and you see the parallels in everything, entertainment. And it's just... When you see when you see too much, your Views point change. of view is skewed. Yeah, your point of view is a little skewed because you see the way things work, and and you find a parallel on everything. Not even entertainment, just in general, life in general. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes when I'm speaking candidly, that can come out. But it's all about networking it's all about resources and perseverance and if you're and um, being in the right place at the right time if you're working hard you're going out there you're meeting people you're letting them know what you're doing you're on point you're making sure you're doing the best thing you can do you're you're researching your in your particular industry to know you know what works and what doesn't work and you're being smart about what you're doing you're going to be successful but if things start getting in the way, if life starts getting in the way, if you know, you're not surrounded by people that share your same passion and motivation, it's going to become another job and you're going to start to resent it. Mm -hmm. Very, very sound advice. That's, that's what I look for, man. I appreciate you. You know, this is for the people to hear as well for anybody that might be interested in, you know, going in these routes and everything, you know, to let them make the choices that they want to do and I feel like this is a very important interview and I'm glad that you came on and you talked to us I appreciate it Darrell did you have anything else you want no, to add just, or uh, ask not anything I really wanted to ask just thank you for keeping it honest with us not gonna, <laughs> yeah that's, that's pretty much a big thing just staying honest not lying about it being easy or you know what I mean just yeah, I mean, as long as you're having fun, just keep having fun with it, man. Oh, yeah. And you, you, you seem like you guys have a nice nice thing going for yourself. I was really, um, I was really, I saw something in the guild, you know what I mean? Like, 
um, Terrence when I when he first reached out to me. Um, yeah, Terrence, him. right? <laughs> Terrence. What's 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 what what's what's his status? Uh, Where is currently he? he gave up social networking for Lent, but I'd still talk to him every yeah. day. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, anyways, he yeah. saw what he was doing, and I saw the hashtag guild, hashtag guild. And like, he oh, left. He cool. left the group, though. You know, but yeah. but still, regardless, you know what I mean. It's just seeing the movement. Yeah. Of it, whether how small or how big it was, I just like. The fact that you guys had the idea to do something like that—it's like something I would have wanted done. I would have wanted to be wanted to be a part of if I was coming up as a anime fan. So I was like, "Hey, man, this—I want to see this go somewhere." And then seeing what you guys are doing, and you know, the podcast, and just the community is—it seems like the community is different than what I'm used to dealing with. You know, the community is like people I hung out with in high school. You know what I mean, like sometimes certain aspects of the anime of the anime fandom could be very embarrassing Mm -hmm. i'm you know as a fan and it feels like i could hang around with you like when i was younger i could hang around with you guys and not feel like someone's gonna try to beat me up (laughs) you know what i mean it's like we can we can jump from talking about anime to talking about something else without it being like you know Oh, those are those anime people over there. Not to say that I'm embarrassed about anime, but there has to be a balance. You know what I mean? Yeah, like my, yeah, definitely. I like anime. I like music. I like other things. You know what I mean? I don't let my, I don't. I'm, I'm not like that. But just seeing your reading your conversations and stuff like that, it's just like, all right, you guys are having fun, and you're not taking it too seriously, and that's who we we've always kind of been like that at Anime Three Thousand. Like for all of our all the people that I've brought on, are kind of have that balance, where we're not like super otaku, but we know enough about whatever we like to sound somewhat intelligent. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm wrong and you guys are completely no, out no. of the way and I offended you. No, I no. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> You're right. It's, we got. I will admit we do have some people now that like join that are feeling. Some of them can be a little over opinionated sometimes, but there's like people like me, Darrell, uh, Zane Typo, you know, shout out to Zane Typo because they started the guild. Um, they're very chill and relaxed, and there's a lot of other people that I'm not mentioning because I can't think of all their names. But there's a lot of people, you know, that are chilling, talking about anime. It's how it should be. Then we got people like Kyle, Goon, you know, they have their opinions, but it's all in love of anime. It's nothing personal. Then we have people like Terrence. You know, shout out to Terrence for, you know, reaching out to you guys. He left because of, you know, his own reasons. But it's it's always been, I always looked at the guild as being, you know, just a community of otakus that are chill. You know, there is people that have their opinions and everything, you know, that feel a little over-opinionated, I guess. I'm, I'm not throwing the guild under the bus. The, the guild is, you know, it's the guild. It's unique in its own way, and I like it like that. But you know, you just gotta be, you just gotta be the predominant voice in it, man. <laughs> yeah. if, if you feel like it's going in a certain direction, don't don't throw your hands up and say the guild, the guild. Be like you run it. You know what I mean? Be yeah. Be the biggest voice in the room. You know, don't don't let something shift to the way you don't want it to be. Not to oh, yeah, say have infighting and stuff like that, but just be like, you know, do your thing. You know, make make your podcast. You guys, what yeah. you're you're, you're blurred online. Yeah. Yeah. Make 
make your thing as hot as it can be and rep the guild. You know what I mean? And then that's how I always looked at it. And, that, and they're going to gravitate towards you. And that's that's all you can do. And it's also good to have that balance in there. Because I like to sit back and hear somebody like super geek out about a particular subject in a way, in a way that I can't do it. But just in moderation, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, also, I'm starting mm-hmm. a new movement right now right. on okay. this podcast. All right. Okay. Let's you can jump it. on it if you want. You know, it doesn't matter. The term otaku. Yeah. We let's need go to kill that. I'm already on board. <laughs> it's geek. It's geek now. Okay? It's geek. Because geek is about being passionate about something. And you can be geeked out. You can be a geek about paying your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're a geek. But anybody can be a geek. Otaku is actually not. You know, you could say, I'm taking it back, you know, in America, it's this, that, and the other. But if you're claiming to be a fan of Japanese culture, the term otaku is not a badge of honor. I guess. Yeah. And we have our own terminology over here. Let's mm-hmm. use that. You know, let's. if you're going to call yourself an otaku, to switch it out and call yourself a geek. Okay. And, I gotta... and that's, that's a... Go ahead. Go, uh, yep, sorry about that. Go right ahead. <laughs> no, I was done. Okay. Sorry, man. <laughs> I have a bad habit of, you know, cutting people off. I do apologize. The, um, I always looked at the term otaku as, like, with Sanosuke and Ronnie Kenshin. Like, he represented, you know, well, he had the term, I guess the character's bat on his, you know, jacket and everything. You know, like, he had a reason behind, you know, represented, representing that term. You know, a lot of people would say, oh, that's, you know, the character bad. Stay away from him. But he had a you know a message behind that, and I always looked at the term otaku and I'm like, okay, I this definition kind of fits me. I can represent this. It's not like I'm going to go to Japan and scream I'm an otaku. I know better. Not. But if you uh, but if you knew why they're calling them an otaku and some of the things that otaku do, it's just it's not <laughs> cool. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like there's a, a lot of def- negative definitions about it, but I'm, I'm thinking, I mean. I'm not gonna go and run around the world and screaming like that's just my personal view on it. But I understand yeah, 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 where you're, you're coming you're, from. You're I agree. To your view and and you know for uh, certain reasons, a taco will never go away. People have named their businesses <laughs> no tacos. Yeah. So, like if you if you like all of a sudden everybody's like oh tacos whack you know certain magazines gonna have a little bit of a problem. But um yeah. But um yeah that's just how I personally feel and. I, I never yeah. felt I don't I never felt super strong about it, but I think passion is what's lacking in a lot of um, podcasts and stuff like that. And you know, I just want to take a stand on something and have a voice on on a particular thing. So geek, geek, let's go. Let's get geeked out about not <laughs> yeah, using. Yeah, I'm all with you, man. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't care. I don't care that much about it. But you know, I wouldn't call myself an otaku. I gotta think about that one, man. Uh. Now, just you know, sit on a little bit, you know. Yeah. You know, push it around a little bit. See how it tastes, and yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, we'll do, man. Well, Sean, thank you for coming. People, check out anime3000.com. Check out you know the Anime 3000 podcast. Follow Anime 3000 at Anime 3000. Check us out on Cage Summit. 
but check us out on youtube.com slash enigma2gamers. Um, check out the other podcast, CB Time and Powerbomb Jutsu. Um, check us out on Stitches Radio, um, iTunes, subscribe. I just said that. And, you know, like I said, thanks again, Sean, for coming on. Thank you, Darrell, for helping me with this interview. Thank you to whoever's listening. Shouts out to the Guild. And love, peace, and geek to all. Otaku to all. <laughs> Until next time, America. Until next time. I might be the LeBron of the Grand Prix. Small forward that these other players can't beat. Got a little cutie holding it down in midfield. Plus, I got a bad Puerto Rican in the back seat. She plays some mad D. Please don't be thinking you still have an overwhelming power in this race that jams speed. And I'm not down with that. I'm pushing down the throttle. Thinking about how they said we couldn't before my G-Force makes a wobble. They stay trying to throw me off my course. Fail to apply the proper force. So why incorporate that torque? Independent thinking is what Andre would enforce, so I have them spinners picking off the track. I own this sport. Nice guy, but when it comes to winning, heart is cooler. Cybernetic emotions like my brain was fused with Lucas. With Ramsey on my squad, my game's constantly getting tuned up. I'm trying to be a champion, so I got no time for true love. My team is so on, we hit the track, we blow balls, we glance back, say so long. Youth with all hope, gone, this race all we have, so your team's about to get so long. And don't you underestimate us, cause we're the new kids on the block, cause you will get rocked. And when you win, we'll be immortal.